Welcome to Live Talk. This week's podcast is an excerpt taken from the book, Flecks of Gold on a Path of Stone, Simple Truths for Profound Living. Profound living is something that we all passionately yearn for. Yet despite our best efforts, it's something that seems frustratingly elusive. We've concocted a dizzying array of strategies, programs, steps, and philosophies that are all designed to achieve the lofty goal of profound living. Yet, generally profound living is not achieved by developing innovative strategies, tidy programs, form-fitting steps, or by devising trendy philosophies. Rather, genuinely profound living is seized and ceaselessly nurtured through the careful reclamation of simple truths. Life is packed with simple truths that carry within them the timeless principles and raw power to live profoundly for a lifetime and more. This book and the following excerpt is about simple truths richly explained, practically expanded upon, and relevantly integrated into life's realities in a manner that both cultivates and engenders stunningly profound living. I hope that you enjoy this week's excerpt. An unknown author wrote, Real treasure lies not in what can be seen, but what cannot be seen. Oddly, we possess this strangely cockeyed perception that we must be able to see something in order to treasure it. What we see as treasure is really only the thing that's revealing the treasure itself. The treasure in a daisy is not the daisy, but the massively creative genius behind the daisy. The flower itself is simply a tender, fragrant, and quite intricate manifestation of the real treasure. Reflected in the wonder of this simple flower, we are privileged to see a whisper-thin slice of something truly marvelous. Real treasure, then, lies nestled in hidden places, with generous clues to its magnificence scattered all about us like a generous field of daisies that rolls off to blue horizons. Sadly, we call those clues treasure. The real treasure is often too airy and intangible for us. But we feel that we have to see treasure, which in reality keeps us from seeing treasure. Not only do we have to see treasure, we think that we have to be able to somehow hold it in our hands. And then in far too many cases, we think that we have to be able to own it in order to really treasure it. What we haven't figured out is that if we can possess something, it's simply not a treasure. For real treasure is far too elusive to be held in the hands of any man. Sadly, we rarely consider the reality that real treasure is the stuff that can't be seen. Therefore, we don't look for it because we presume that there's nothing to look for. Because we don't look for it, we miss real treasure, and we accept the bogus, phony, and plastic stuff of life for the stuff of treasure. We plod through life with our pockets crammed with a squalid array of worthless trinkets that we think to be treasure. We live anemically impoverished lives, and we don't even know it. In fact, it may well be that to treasure something in a truly treasured manner, it must be entirely ethereal. It must be something that we can't see, that we can't hold, and that we can't own. 
When we possess something, the fact that we have the ability to possess it suggests that whatever it is, it's terribly limited. So limited, in fact, that we can control it. Possessing something suggests that whatever we possess is subject to our whims and the flux of our whimsy. Anything we can control must have some sort of inferior status that automatically excludes it as being treasure of the most treasured sort. Being unable to possess something suggests that it has a sweeping scope and unfathomable significance and a fathomless depth that is far beyond us or beyond anyone else for that matter. Real treasures are elusive because if they're not, they don't rise sufficiently above our sordid and stained humanity to be genuinely categorized as treasures. Real treasure will not be owned, or bound, or appraised, or hemmed in, or leashed, or locked in a vault, or confined in a trust, or be made subject to either our ridicule or praise. Real treasure is priceless because it supersedes and completely eclipses any rogue monetary standards that we'd foolishly attempt to place on it. Real treasure will not bow in servitude or obediently follow at our heels, because it is superior to us. Yet the real wonder of real treasure is that it is withheld from no one. Every spring the sparrows came back to the old garage, something like coming back to a comfy old friend. Darting and bouncing in feathered frenzy, they would burst from the muscular maples and the tangled brush of the mock oranges, flirting and flitting in front of the garage in some sort of grand hello after winter's separation. Upon their return, their boundless energy and contagious enthusiasm seemed wildly intoxicating, vibrant, vibrating, and filled with all the fresh energy of spring. I often wondered if they had spent the cold, gray months of winter in a nearly uncontrollable anticipation of greeting their old friend once winter had rolled off the horizon of spring. Sometimes in life there seems to be a subtle yet wonderfully warm camaraderie of sorts that develops between things you'd never think would or could be connected like that. Those things are a kind of treasure in themselves. That seemed to explain the quiet, entirely unspoken kind of relationship that existed between the old garage and the sparrows. They seemed like long-seasoned friends that didn't need to say much because the bond that they shared spoke more than words ever could. The old clapboard garage and the house sparrows were each warmed, gently magnified, and beautifully enhanced by the other. Each was a treasure embraced as a treasure. The sparrows would glide up between the heavy wooden doors and slip by the sturdy steel tracks that they ran on, seeming to nestle into the garage's soft clapboard embrace. Every spring, the sparrows would settle in and nest right above the heavy wooden doors tucked just inside the thin edge of the garage attic. There was far too much love and warmth in the old garage, so there were usually two or three nests enfolded above the wooden doors. 
It was easy to see the sparrows incessantly coming and going as they bobbed and darted about. Yet, as with any real treasure, you couldn't see what they were doing. Treasure enveloped in secrecy always lends a bit of tantalizing mystery to it all. The sparrows were phenomenally tireless, transporting endless bits of straw and brown grasses into the garage, building a place to birth the treasures of the next generation. Within moments of entering the garage, they would poke out elated heads and then burst into flight with empty beaks. In no time, they would return with more strands of lacy grass or bits of tattered weed or cottony fibers or limply discarded pieces of string over and over. Within weeks, the sound of new life could be heard tentatively reaching out from above the old wooden doors. Scattered chirps and peeps liberally tossed out as brilliant shards of spring would be shushed when anyone approached. Patient mothers were teaching their little ones that life is an incomparable treasure, but treasure does not eliminate danger. These little hidden treasures would become ever louder as they grew. They would grow strong and eventually seek the independence of flight. And before the close of spring, they would launch themselves in a gangly and awkward kind of flight. Curiosity would beckon them out to explore the places close to the garage, bursting into uncoordinated fight, but never wandering too far away. Life would eventually call them out even further, from the clapboard garage until they were gone into summer's embrace. Treasures are hidden away in quiet places. They speak in soft tones and often become silenced as we approach. They don't beg to be found, but embrace us if we do happen to find them. They are a product of completely ordinary circumstances unfolding in wonderfully extraordinary ways. They are found hidden in the nooks and crannies of our existence all around us. If we quit allowing our attention to be captivated by that which is noisy and listen for that which is quiet and still. Treasures are products of treasures. Real treasure is the product of lives shared. Experiences intermingled. Roads merged into single lanes. Sacrifices jointly experienced. The soulful laughter of two hearts in beat with each other, and lives bountifully expended in unity. Treasures are the stepchild of lives lived out in shared experiences that dramatically multiply both the experience and persons in a manner geometrically beyond anything the persons could hope to experience alone. Treasures rise out of the relationships of people, who are intimately woven together by the threads of time and the needle of experience. Treasures are not stagnant. They're not to be preserved, as in the preserving they will most certainly wither and they will perish. Real treasures begat other treasures. Real treasures are designed to perpetuate other treasures. Sometimes the perpetuation involves the replication of the original treasure, and sometimes the replication is something entirely different, but just as wonderful. Treasures are ingeniously and deliberately crafted to enrich the world. If one thing is for certain, they are not designed to be encased in the lifeless museums of our making or the vaults we create to keep them to ourselves. 
It's in their multiplication that the cold of life's winters are forced off the edge of the calendar to make way for spring. It's our natural inclination to preserve treasures, to corral them and box them and seal them tight. We assume that unless they're preserved, they'll be lost, which is entirely contradictory. In fact, they are designed to be launched and thrown out to the horizons of each of our lives, regardless of whatever the season is that we might be in. Authentic treasures permeate our world. They gain wings of their own and they disperse so that they might reproduce in other places and in other lives. The stuff of treasure is irrepressibly infectious and prudently wild, intent on providing enrichment whenever and wherever it can. We must work against our own inclinations and toss treasures out to the world around us. It would be tremendously wise to rethink the concept of treasure in your life. What you may be holding on to may not be treasure at all. In fact, if you're holding on to it, it's not. Thanks for joining us today. I hope that you enjoyed this excerpt from Flecks of Gold on a Path of Stone, Simple Truths for Profound Living. Likewise, I hope that it spoke something of significance into some deep place in your life. You can discover all of my books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold.